The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Coming up after 10.15, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt joins us in studio. She answers all of your family law questions. So get them ready. If you're going through something, you are thinking about divorcing, you want to know the uh, the process, you have specific questions about custody, uh, about uh, prenuptial agreements, uh, contracts, anything of the sort that has to do with family law, she is here and she will be here to answer those questions. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800. You can always email me your questions uh, about sex, love, and relationships during the week. And I did get one that I... I want to pull up here that I just got. Uh, Hello, I catch your interesting show often. I want to comment on a couple of topics. You were discussing the other day about flatulence in bed. Flatulence in bed is common if a person has not fully digested the food that day. Going to the bathroom five times an hour is not the answer. Yes, we had suggested, you know, go to the bathroom, relieve the flatulence come back to bed. Uh, whenever possible, one must clear one's bowels regularly. That would be good if you'd have a good digestive system, I suppose. A great way also of reducing flatulence, this uh, emailer writes, is by eating yogurt. When I eat a fair amount of plain yogurt, the flatulence decreases and the gas that still comes out becomes almost odorless. Yogurt helps neutralize many smell-causing bacteria in the intestine. So what happens if you are vegan? You're not eating that yogurt. Uh, he goes on to say, or she goes on to say, um, ironically, I also noticed that having full bowels, oh, actually, yeah, he gives me spontaneous erections. I asked a male friend about it, and he said when a man has full bowels, it can put more pressure on the prostate and hence increase a man's sexual excitement. However, each man is different, and many other men may not get erections easily on full bowels. Actually, that's a question I got uh, a little while back. And it did have to do with that. Somebody uh, said exactly that, that uh, he would get aroused or his erections were easier when his bowels uh, were full. So uh, you you make a point there. Uh, Oh, someone else on uh, flatulence. On the topic of flatulence the other night, I believe when we are attracted to someone, some say in love, we tend to overlook other things. But when we start complaining, that says something is wrong. Uh, well, sure, accepting uh, certain things. Sometimes uh, the couples get very comfortable and they're not bothered by certain things. But if they are bothered by it, then uh, we need to um, come to some compromise or negotiation because what you don't want to do is completely uh, turn off your partner either, right? I think we are all in agreement with that. I was dating this girl that I really liked for a couple of months, and we talked about it and finally decided to have sex. It was my first time, but she had more experience. I had to sneak out and go to her place. I was really excited, nervous, and didn't know what to do. It was really awkward, and to be honest, I didn't even uh, come. I felt really bad, and she blamed herself, and we got into some fights and eventually broke up. I would really appreciate if you had any advice at all. Thank you. Well, this sounds familiar. Did I read this already? And this is by email. Well, I'll repeat it anyhow, because oftentimes I get very, very similar questions anyhow. Uh, so 
first of all, it's sad that uh, somebody would break up uh, break up with you over that because it is perfectly normal to be nervous, especially with a new person. And this isn't uh, this. You sound young, but this can happen. This can happen to people at any age. Uh, I was talking to uh, a much older uh, gentleman the other day and was getting into a brand new relationship. And the nervousness uh, caused the erectile dysfunction, but that nervousness was perfectly normal. But oftentimes men panic when that happens and they feel that they're going to be judged or they're worried about how their partner will uh, will will react but nervousness can result in either coming too fast or losing an erection or just having difficulty um even having that orgasm so usually though partners are pretty understanding and won't take it personally i think in your case maybe she did take it personally i don't know um but this is not you 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 should not be blaming uh, yourself for this. I just want you to know that it is perfectly normal, whether it's a first time or first time with a new partner, whatever age you are, that it can be uh, it, it can cause enough nervousness to prevent. Uh, or for you to have difficulty having uh, an erection, and and for women too, it, the uh, differences they they may have um, more difficulty, uh, not not necessarily getting aroused, but maybe climaxing also because they're worried or they're nervous and they're not necessarily fully relaxed and fully uh, able to completely let go. Uh, remember the. An orgasm is also a, a place where you are at your most vulnerable, or it, it can feel like that. So uh, a lot of people hold back in newer relationships. But once you get comfortable with somebody, those issues usually um, usually go away. Uh, another very similar question that I get all the time, but I want to answer you because it's a concern that you have, and maybe you haven't uh, heard my answer. Is is there <coughs> excuse me any way to make my penis bigger in a natural way. I've always dreamed about big penis. It's not the word they use, but I'd rather use my language. Um, I have only uh, 5.3 inches and a weak erection. I'm only 23 years old. Uh, Sex is not the most important, but it's important for relationships. All girls who I've tried to have relationships uh, have one conclusion, they would never guess that a boy like me would have a weak, small penis. That ruined my self-esteem, and it gets harder every time. So uh, this is a question that really does come up often. Uh, and b- at, f- at five and a half or five uh, inches, point three, five point three inches, you're above the world average in size. So... Um, the size of it, I think that's not necessarily what concerns you, but the fact that it's a what you call a weak erection. So you're not getting your your maximum length either because your erection isn't as strong. And so my question would be, can you get a firm erection with masturbation or are you only having trouble 
with your partner? If the if the answer is you're having trouble with your partners only and not with masturbation, then the problem is a, a psychological one more than it is a physical one. And again, like I said earlier, this could be uh, as a result of performance anxiety. So if you're nervous, you're anxious, that's enough to stop some of the blood flow uh, to your penis. And it does, this is the kind of thing that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because now it's, you took a hit, like your self-esteem took a hit. Next time you get involved with somebody, you start worrying about it. Oh my goodness. Am I going to be able to have an erection? Is it going to be hard enough? What is she going to say? Uh, am I going to perform well enough? And so you create this anxiety in your head and then that anxiety in turn causes you to lose uh, your erection, which causes you to feel badly about yourself and then, and so on. So it's, it's like, uh, it becomes this vicious cycle. So you really need to stop putting pressure on yourself and maybe hold off on having sex with someone until you feel uh, more confident and more, um, just more comfortable with your partner. Uh, and you can see more, I've written blogs and such about performance anxiety in more detail, but there, there's stuff written about that, that you can, um, you can ask. <clears throat> uh, last question. Let's see if I can get this one done quickly. I had phimosis and used a beta derm cream to stretch the foreskin and it worked. However, had the negative side effect of lengthening the foreskin even more. To see that I'm serious, if you Googled images and type Famosis beta derm in the search, my picture will be the first to appear. My foreskin is now a turn off to my wife. Is there anything other than circumcision that could shorten my foreskin? I, uh, listen, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a urologist. This is where a urology might come in. But uh, there's really, I don't think there's anything to be done except something done surgically as far uh, as, far as I know. So uh, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I think a doctor uh, or a urologist or a specialist in that would be able to uh, lead you in the right direction. Uh, coming up, uh, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt joins us, and she will answer your legal questions tonight. It's a real treat to have her on here to get free legal advice, especially if you're going through a divorce or, or a separation. So make sure to text in your questions at 514-800. Your relationship's on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now, 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Passion and the Law, once a month, the last Thursday of every month, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt joins us to give us free legal advice, to give you free legal advice. So if you have any questions uh, related to common law or non-common law, uh, contracts, marriage contracts, uh, divorce, custody, all those questions, she can answer and she's good at it. We have already have a question for you. You ready? Or do you have something for us? Well, I have a couple of things for you, but I'm if like you want afraid. me to answer, <laughs> I'm going to have a series of questions to ask our listeners okay, and see if they can tune in and get to us with what they think is the right answer. Oh, is there a prize? Yes. Talking to us. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, or as John Paul would say, a big bag of nothing. <laughs> That's what we're getting. It's a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Uh, all right. What are important clauses to include in a common law contract where one partner makes four times the salary of the other? Well, important clauses, there's so many, it's going to be kind of, they could take up the whole program. 
you have to do uh, a lot of thought, and you should get some advice about this, because you have to consider many, many scenarios that could occur in anybody's life, be you not married or married for that okay. matter. Um, such as what happens if somebody gets fired during, during, I mean, there's four times the salary right, right now, now, but right. what happens if he gets, he, she gets canned, uh, what's going to happen? Obviously there is a legal obligation already in the, in the code, uh, for people, let's say if they have children together right. that they have to contribute to, you know, the expenses of the family, uh, based on the pro rata income. But that doesn't mean that they're entitled to support because they're not married. So if you want that kind of protection, you need to write it into your cohabitation contract. The support part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you can also uh, do a staggered, almost like a bonus uh, Mm -hmm. payments where if you're together for one to five years, at the end of the five years, that person will pay X amount of dollars and six to ten and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I, And I've seen that done and certainly people also who are fairly well off, that's a, a good incentive. Uh, one, for the person who has the ton of money to make sure that at the end, should something happen, that person can say, well, my spouse, my partner, already is well provided for because I gave a million here and a million there or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for us regular folk, nonetheless, um, you can specify things like if you get a house together and if one person puts in more money than the other, but somehow people forget when they get to the notary and they just sign the were undivided co-owners. And if you don't specify particularly, then it's assumed that you're 50-50. Right. And if you put in more money but you're signing a document that says you're co-owners or equal owners in the house, then you're not going to get your extra money back. But if you put it in your contract, I paid $50,000 on the, on the deposit for the house more than you. If we ever sell this house or if we split up, uh, I'm going to get my 50000 plus, you know, whatever else uh, is it's sold for divided in half. Right. So you have to protect yourself about that. Um, you should put clauses in because you can't will or you can't uh, contract who's going to have parental uh, custody of children. But you can put in uh, articles uh, in, uh, in the uh, contract that say that uh, uh, you're predisposed, for example, to have joint custody down the road should something happen. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that a court is bound by that because only the court has last jurisdiction on who, who will be and not be a custodial okay. parent to children. But at least at that point in time, it shows that there was a thought process that went on and uh, that that was their intention then. Of course, obviously, 10 years goes by and you find out the person you married uh, is an abuser, hits the children, and it can be the mother just like it could be the father. And uh, so that predisposition to joint custody may may take a U-turn and say, no, I did that when I thought this person was, you know, okay in the head. And they would have a case, right? If they, before a judge, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's so many, so many different clauses, what's going to happen, uh, you know, oh, and the other thing, um, and actually, I don't want to say what it is right now because it's one of the questions yes, I'm going to ask okay. the owners, um, the listeners. 
anything that you can think of, you can also say, for example, that uh, in the contract that if you have children uh, and you are in favor of, because you always, when you're dealing with the children, it has to be you're in favor of, uh, or you uh, understand that this is a possibility, because mm-hmm. you can't say it, uh, write it in That's stone. True. Uh, of uh, the children attending private schools. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if you split and somebody doesn't have the uh, financial capacity to, to make a contribution right. to that, not necessarily going to be forced to pay for a private schooling. Right. But uh, at the beginning, at least, uh, the, their mindset is open, and you should have the discussion, for example. anything, Any clause that gets put in is because one had hopefully a discussion about it before. Right. And even you can have discussions about the about kids even though you don't have kids. Like Absolutely. Right? And you should because you should uh, determine, you know, what's going to happen with uh, how much frequency uh, the in-laws on both sides will have, uh, what's oh going to happen if you are traveling. Let's say you married somebody from, I'll say, Asia. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's in the news so much nowadays. And so uh, will that person be able to travel alone with the child to see their relatives and so on and so forth? Doesn't thought- mean when you're talking about children, however, that it's ever, ever. It's not set in stone. Exactly. Okay. And you can also draft these contracts after down the road, mm-hmm. but obviously it's better to do it before because it's much easier when you're getting together to do it before. Uh, and and uh, one should explain it because people say, well, I don't want to talk about it. It's not very romantic. Right, exactly. Uh, it assumes we're going to get divorced. He's going to th- yeah. think I'm or split up. He's, he, she think, can't, doesn't, I don't trust them and right. so on and so forth. Right. But, you know, you, you make a will. doesn't mean that you actually have in your head that tomorrow you're going to drop dead. Right. You will die. Eventually. <laughs> yes. yes. And so right. <clears throat> statistics being, as I always say, what they are. of people will split. And sometimes it's even higher amongst people who aren't married, the the demise of the relationships. Um, And so uh, why not do a contract and provision of that? It's almost like two companies merge. They they do a contract, shareholder agreement, whatever Mm -hmm, it is. mm -hmm. And the shareholder agreement is in the case that things go wrong down the road, not because it's bad at the onset. Right. And people forget about that. And I, and I get that it's unromantic to talk about this. And sometimes you you get the reactions from people. It's like the person brought them a contract before getting married, like a, the night before or yeah, a week well, see, before. I feel you know? that that's completely wrong. Right. Because, you know, you're doing it's almost like a, shot, well, it's yeah. a shotgun thing. And then uh, what? Uh, the, you're the not going to sign? Yeah. yeah. The wedding's going to get called off, whatever like this. Exactly. No, and, exactly. and something that's going to make sense needs maybe a couple of months of discussion and back and forth and drafting and so on and so forth exactly. until you get what's good for that couple at that point in time. Right. And it can always be uh, amended, added to, changed, mm-hmm. you know, depending. Like a will. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So have a good relationship with a notary. <laughs> <laughs> Marry one. Every, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Every, every relationship should have a notary in it, right? So this sort of brings me to one of, our, one of my questions okay. that I have for you, and it's a true or false. Uh, Do I have to answer? No, I okay. don't want you to answer. Okay, good. Um, not that I think you even know the answer. No, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. That's why you have me here, right? Of course. <clears throat> okay, so you and your partner live together but are not married. Your partner alone owns the house 100%. 
whether it was from before you got together or the person just bought it and you moved into it, but the house is only registered in one person's name. Mm -hmm. name. Can your partner, the person who has the title deed to the house, sell it without notifying you and having your consent? That's the question. Wow. Mm -hmm. I wonder if anybody's ever been in that situation. I'm sure many have. Yeah. Many, well, many, many. I guess that's why you come up with the questions. Uh, 514-800. You could win a big bag of uh, nada if you answer the question right. You, you but really you make advice. it so enticing there, uh, <laughs> well, Dr. Like, Lori. Test your, test your legal knowledge, I guess, is what we can call this little game. Test your family law uh, with Metro Linda Hammerschmidt, who's in studio. 514-800 to text in if you have a question. She's here to answer them, so get your questions in early enough. Don't wait to the end of the show. Otherwise, we get often get stuck where uh, she's pressed for time and then, uh, you know, feels like she can't answer any of those questions uh, properly. So please uh, think about your questions, send them to us. And if you're going through anything, then maybe she uh, could help you. 514-790-0800 if you want to call in and speak to uh, Maître Hammerschmidt directly or... Yes. I have another clause that could go into that cohabitation okay, contract. Go for it. It'll pop into my head as we go along, okay, I'm sure, in the evening. I hope this person's taking notes. Suppose the couple splits up, mm -hmm. okay? but And you're living in the house with whomever, and regardless of who owns the house. You could write in, well, you will have six months to leave, or you will have a year to leave, mm -hmm. or you, if we have children, yeah, you won't have to leave before the end of a school year. Mm -hmm. so you can write these things in. Right. Yes. In fact, I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who put that in in a will, like who's cohabitating with mm -hmm. somebody. She owns the home, but put it in that he gets if she dies, she gets to, he gets to stay in the house for a year until he finds it exactly before the because, kids can sell the house. Yes, because from people under him. can be uh, in a relationship where the other person has children from a previous relationship. Exactly. And they see the dead mother or father and go, you get out. Get out. I want to sell this house. House. Yeah, absolutely. That that happens quite a bit. Well, coming up, uh, we'll talk to uh, Victoria, uh, who has a question, and we have an answer for your question here. We'll after see if they're the right, and that will do that after uh, we check in with our newsroom here on CJD 800. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Metha Linda Hammerschmidt joins me in studio tonight once a month. She gives out free legal advice on family law issues, and she's here to help you. We've got Victoria online. Hi, Victoria. Uh, good evening, Dr. Laurie and Metra Linda. Thank you for a great show. Thank and you, thank you for listening. Free, <laughs> great free advice. Thank you. What can we do for you? I would like to know uh, how can one go up, uh, go, uh, yeah, how can we go about finding if someone has a criminal record? Well, normally you should be able to go to a police station and uh, ask the person, I mean, is it somebody that you know or is it just, you know? My friend's, uh, uh, my friend's um, daughter is thinking of marrying this gentleman. Oh, <laughs> and your friend already thinks he has a criminal record. Oh, geez. The mother Doesn't start well. <laughs> no. 
Well, well, certainly you should start at the at the police station or the Crown Prosecutor's Office, failing which you can always hire or your friend can always hire a private investigator to find these things out. Obviously, that'll cost money. Are those things uh, um, public uh, Well, if knowledge? they've been convicted, yes. If, okay. You know, if there's been a lot of arrests but no convictions, probably not. You know, Google works really well for that, that too. too. You oh. Google somebody's name, uh, yeah. sometimes their uh, their crime comes up. Oh. Yeah. So I know people who've done that and, and, and found uh, you can mm-hmm. find all kinds of information. So you, you can be your own detective in, okay. in respect to Does the daughter think her fiancé is a... No, no. The parents, uh, Maître Linda, they're concerned. She's the only daughter. Uh-huh. And they're concerned, you know. Oh, well, I have a texter here who says, go to any provincial courthouse clerk. It's public info and free. Oh, provincial court? A yeah. courthouse, yeah. Oh, that's great. All right. uh, Down at the corner of St. Laurent and uh, St. Antoine and Notre Dame. Big black building. Oh, I see. Uh, Maître Linda, could you give us uh, your telephone number, please? Sure. It's 514-846-1013. 846-1013. Thank you, Victoria. Good luck. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Uh, where the Crown Prosecutor's Office is, too. Okay. There you go. Uh, Can you repeat your question to our listeners? Oh, the question that I asked? Yes, your trivia question. My my first trivia question. You and your partner live together but are not married. The partner owns 100% of the house that you're living in. Does the partner have to tell you uh, if he's uh, and get your consent to sell that house. All right. Well, one texter says, of course he can sell the house by Quebec law. Is he right? Absolutely. So a per- even though the other person's living in them, he, they can just sell the house and say, okay, Arrivederci, Bella. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now, maybe unless they have children, in okay. which case that's something else. But if it's just All the right. two of them. Then not. All right. So I have some questions here for you from some of our texters. Uh, 514-800 if you want to text in a question from Maître Linda Hammerschmidt about family law. I'm a police officer with 13 years seniority. If my wife and I were to divorce after 10 years of marriage, would she be entitled to 50% of my pension that I would receive after 30 years service? Or would she receive 50% of my pension had I cashed out after 13 years? Also, when I mentioned that you could Google, Im- oh, that's, never mind, that was related to something else. Okay, so what do you think about that? Uh, what is it about pension? If they divorce after... Well, first of all, it depends on with whom the pension is, because if it's with the Quebec government or if it's with the federal government, because there are different go- rules uh, for uh, if, you're, if you're sadly, unfortunately, married to a judge, their mm-hmm. pensions aren't divisible. <laughs> Isn't that uh, nice? Oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, That's interesting. Man, not really. So uh, it's going to depend, but if you cashed it in, uh, you know, what, days before you're to get divorced or during the course of a marriage, and if you cashed it in, what did you do with the money? Did you invest it in another family patrimony asset? But normally speaking, the pension plans uh, of anybody are divisible for what was accumulated during the marriage. So if you had a pension plan that started before you got married, the amount that had accumulated plus any interest on that sum carried forward Mm -hmm. is not divisible and is taken off of the total calculation. And then if you're in such places as the federal government or Air Canada or whatever, 
the actuary who manages the pension plan has to do a calculation because it's not necessarily a strict 50% because it's going to be based on the age of the person to whom the amount is going to be rolled over to their bank, shall we call mm-hmm. it. So uh, based on longevity usually. So you could end up getting a, a, a smaller amount, not a, not a large smaller amount, but some smaller amount if it's expected that you're going to live longer than the person who, who uh, mm-hmm. was employed by whatever and that, that's industry. Still, I have to tell you that stuff. Is still very uh, confusing to oh, me. Oh, it is. How the, the, those calculations. You we, know, hi- it's like- we hire actuaries also to give opinions because, you know, in the case of pilots, they also, some of them uh, have supplemental pension plans, mm-hmm. which are not necessarily divisible, but then you have to nonetheless know the amount because that takes into uh, consideration the capacity of the person to pay. So. Wow. And many of them have different rules. So so you have to know first if it's divisible. Well, you have to know first who the pension is governed by. Right. And if it's and then, divisible or non-divisible. Well, it can be always – well, it's very it rare that be, it's okay. not divisible. Oh, okay. That was just one, okay. ex, one, one uh, instance. But usually it's divisible, but then how – Mm-hmm. And uh, the mechanics, they 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 will send you forms and tell you whatever. But so it's not automatic that no matter you get half somebody's pension at, at even if you divorce. Like it's they calculate how much time you're together, how much time is left. Yes, it's and, for the during the marriage. It's like during if, the if marriage. you were okay. living together, for example, for ten years, and then you got married and you li- and you were married for twenty years, you're not going to get the ten year part. Right. Not in this province, anyway. Okay. Okay. Um, hi, I got divorced and had two children at that time. I have since remarried and now have three children with my new wife. I work and wife stays home to take care of young children. My ex also has remarried and both her and her husband work. Would the amount I pay for child support be reduced? Can I have it revised? I'm trying to figure out whose children we're talking about. His, but His. from the first relationship? He has two children... From the first, I guess, and three. And that's who he wants to know, can the support be reduced? Yeah. That's what I'm assuming yes. from this question. Yes. Uh, just because she got married? No, it has no impact because that person doesn't owe his children anything legally. Right. There's no obligation there. So it's based always here on the revenue of one and the revenue of the other. And if mother doesn't work? Well, his new wife doesn't work. So he's yeah, now, because that, he, that he, thing is in the middle of the question, and I don't understand why <laughs> it would take it out. Because I read the question. Listen to I me. Got don't divorced. read it. Listen to me. <laughs> I'm going to read it. Damn it! I got divorced and had two She's children so at that time. Right. <laughs> My ex also remarried, and both her and her husband work. Would the amount I pay for child support be reduced? Can I have it revised? My quick answer is no, unless right. there's other facts that is but, not in that question. Right. has nothing to do with he got remarried. He did have other children. There is some jurisprudence that will say, well, yeah, now you have other obligations. Right. Quite frankly, and men won't like me when I say this, but... You you knew you had prior obligations before you put your your uh, you pin in children. the oil tank, and uh, and so you know too bad for you. I mean, if you have a credit card debt and you go out and get another credit card debt, you still have to pay the first credit card debt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's in a mood. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> hi Ryan, welcome to the show. 
right. Be careful. Right. You might get your head bitten off. No, no, no. Uh, that's just for you. I'm kidding. Yeah, Hopefully just uh, uh, only I get that. I, I only get treated that way. Don't worry. You're you're safe. What's your question, Ryan? Uh, I just had a question about common law status and like taxes. I don't know if that applies to you guys. Try it. Try. All right. Well, my boyfriend and I have been living together for over a year now, so I'm pretty sure we can apply for common law status. Yes. I'm just wondering if it's if it's more advisable to like for my tax purposes to, to have that or should I still claim to be legally single? Well, really that's more a question for a either a tax lawyer or your accountant as okay. to to have the both scenarios done out for you and to see who pays more taxes, who can take a deduction for the other person, if at all that's possible, and so on and so okay. forth. It's not a it's not a area that I can tell you and you'd be badly served if I tried to guess at the answer. <laughs> yeah, okay, yes, see she's been And you very... have plenty of time to go and see one before April the thirtieth. Okay. Indeed I do. There All you right, go. Well, thank you so much. All right, Ryan, thanks so much for calling in. Uh your questions answered. You still got a bit of time. We have a bunch of questions to get to, but I think we can squeeze you in if you text us now at five one four eight hundred. Metro Linda Hammerschmidt is here. Taking over the airwaves for at least another 15 minutes uh, and to answer your questions. Do I have time for one of my other questions? No. No. Well, that's no good because it's supposed to be before the break. Yeah, except that we need to know what's going on on the roads. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Methelinda Hammerschmidt is here to answer your family law questions. Any other law questions we unfortunately can't get to tonight. So, uh, or really any night when Maître Hammerschmidt is here with us. So here's a question for you. I've been cohabitating with my boyfriend for over a year in his house. He has not updated his will. His ex is still named as beneficiary. What happens when something happens to him? Well, if his ex is the beneficiary, the ex will come and say, please leave the house. Just like in a situation where there are kids from a previous marriage and there aren't provisions in a cohabitation contract or or, or in the will, for example, uh, you have no standing to stay there. So, wow. so if <laughs> you're still good terms with this person, you should get a cohabitation contract because even if he updates his will, he can update it again the next day and the next day and the next day mm. and the next day. But at least with a contract signed between the two of you, he can't change it without you, you also agreeing to right. change it. So really she should be asking for a cohabitating agreement. Absolutely. And update the will. Both. And update the will. Right. Yes. Why? And I'm curious if you know this information, like I'm assuming they must have talked about it. If that, that, well, why isn't this a conversation? On the other and hand, why they, aren't you dealing well, with this? It should be a conversation, but perhaps the person who just texted just came upon the will and Maybe. saw that it, who knows? Yeah. The important yes. thing is to get it rectified before. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this texter wants to know why is it that in, um, it says most divorce cases that the criminal court judge doesn't see the false accusations that one spouse does towards the other. And I guess that happens quite a bit where there well, are false Well, first of all, normally speaking, the false accusations that can be made in court and divorce court are not in front of a criminal court judge. They're in front of a superior Thank court you. judge. Okay. So I'm Good. assuming that what that 
That's question the is, that, yeah. is that in the divorce file and in the trial, right. you know, one says something that's totally false. Uh, the judge really, that's his his, his or her uh, job to uh, judge the credibility and feeability of whatever's being said, uh, but it's not their job to report it to the police. Okay, so it's nothing to do with the police, but also the lawyers' jobs, I guess, are to yes. But but show... again, we're not there to get criminal accusations right. brought against the person who might right. be lying. And right. uh, I'll tell you, quite frankly, most people do lie in court. It's <laughs> not really a thing that lawyers are shocked by. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Unfortunately, most clients, when they're listening to the lies in a courtroom, have trouble staying quiet, not jumping up and creating a well, scene. I, I and can I've imagine, had that. I, well, my, I can from imagine. my own client, right? Every time the other side said something, that's not true. Right. And, and it was it, for two weeks. It was it was bad. Oh, and I'm sure that the uh, judges don't oh, not take lightly all. to this, right, or don't take favorably to that. Uh, the situation, uh, hold on, the situation of the common law relationship with one person being on the lease, does that apply in Ontario? I heard that the common law partner has more rights in Ontario. Also, what happens if the couple are married in Quebec? Does the husband-wife get 50% of the sale of the house? Okay, well, there's too many people moving around the provinces okay. here, but yeah. I'm going to deal with the Quebec part because I'm no expert on the Ontario right. part of although, a lease. Uh, although, of a lease. Right, of a lease, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, normally speaking, there, when people live together, together for three years, they're deemed as if they have a family patrimony that's been created as opposed to here where that's not the case. Uh, I didn't see where the rest of the question is that was about Quebec. Okay. Also, what happens if the couple are married in Quebec? And I'm assuming and live in Ontario. Let's just assume that they're living in Ontario (laughs) as she's processing. (laughs) Linda. Look at me. You don't necessarily get 50% (laughs) of the house unless you're a co-owner. Okay. Yes. And now if it's family patrimony and they were married in Quebec, then the family patrimony rules are by and large that you share in the proceeds. But again, it's going to depend on when the house was bought. Was it bought before the marriage? Uh, Was it uh, fully paid for already? And so there's many caveats. But what if you're married in Quebec and live in Ontario? Well, then you're going to have to prove Quebec law in Ontario. Okay. And then have... And you would be... Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. But family patrimony is a Quebec issue as opposed to... It's not a marriage contract. Okay. It, it's it's not the same thing. So, But there's matrimonial property in Ontario. So if you were to get divorced there... It would fall then under the laws of, divorce, of Ontario, of, of the Family Law Reform Act of Ontario. Of Ontario, so it doesn't matter if you got you could get married here if you get divorced <clears throat> in Ontario because you live in Ontario. It's the laws of Ontario. On the other apply. hand, if you signed a marriage contract here and one spouse doesn't want to share that much, they're going to make the proof that you signed to say it was separate and whatever. Right. And have a okay. nice life. Right. All right. Um, I, I've been paying child support since 2002. My daughter is now 25 years old. She has been working for four years, since four years. When does child support stop? Should have been four years ago. So okay. <laughs> stop waiting. And yes, you can go and have it uh, canceled. Okay. You will have to serve her a copy of the proceeding because she's da- the over daughter. 18. Right. And the ex- Mm-hmm. and uh, go from there. Okay. Uh, paying child support. My son is 18. He is not in school, taking a sabbatical for one year. Can I now stop child support? 
You can't stop child support unless you have a judgment that says you can stop. Actually, he says via a lawyer, so I guess he'd have to. Okay, so you'd have to get an agreement uh, to to either stop it or get a court order to stop it. And then, you know, by the time you get there, it's best to try to get a consent in this thing because if he comes back after sabbatical to go back to school, then you're going to be back in court again to figure it out. So in the consent, you could say, I'm not paying it for this year or I'm paying half of it or whatever agreement comes to. Mm -hmm. And you will let me know what happens when you come back and we will revisit this issue then. Right. And then if you go back to school, it can get reinstated. Well, not necessarily at the same amount. Okay. So that gets revised. Yeah, because now this is a child who's acted as an adult, and it's not the same criteria as when you're a minor. Yeah. Okay, if you have a contract and the will, and a will, and he secretly makes a new will, does the contract override the new will? The contract is binding, so... You're, that's going to have to be respected. Now, if the person has not left you, and it depends on what the contract says, because it doesn't necessarily cover everything that may be covered in the will. Okay. So if the will has now cut you out, but you still have some protection in the contract, you'll get that protection, but you won't get what's in the will because you're not in it anymore. So they're two separate things. You couldn't say one thing, like, for example... Let's let's say, for example, in the contract, it says that you can buy the house upon my death uh, for a dollar. Okay. And then in the will, it says I leave my house to my brother, Joe. Well, unfortunately, the other one is going to override that, although it doesn't mean that Joe is not going to take proceedings to to fight you about that. Okay. But the contract would take precedence over over the will. Yeah. that's my opinion anyway. Well, what would a judge say? I'm, well, I'm not a judge. And you know what? There's On any given day, there is no way you can determine that. Okay. That's yeah. the problem with family yeah, law. you're right. You can wake up on one day and be in front of that same person and then on the next day and have two completely different... Jeez, I've been in the like court moods. of appeal. I've been in the court of appeal on a custody case in the morning and in the afternoon with two exact same fact patterns, except I was representing the opposite party... You know, mm-hmm. the, the man in the first and the woman in the second. <laughs> and I had to get up and argue, please forget everything you heard this morning. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Because uh, it wasn't true. No. Right. <laughs> well, it's there's that that. Well, it's ba- it was and, bad yeah. to have the cases put on the yes. same day in the same bench and of judges. Exactly. Let me tell you, talk exactly. about bad luck. Uh, and then what the heck? I thought child support stops at 18. 18 is no longer a child. It doesn't work like that, does it? First of all, it depends on if you're married or if you're not married with this child. So if you're married, then child support does not stop at 18. It doesn't stop at any. There's no particular age in the Divorce Act. It's going to depend on the child being still a ch- considered in definition a child of the marriage, which could be even to 20, 22, whatever, going to university full time. Right, if they're in school full time. And, and not able to support themselves. Whereas... Right. At, at uh, in uh, not married and you have a child at 18, the child is then considered an adult. And theoretically, if there's a court order that says you have to pay, you can't just stop because, you know, because unless the order the also says it automatically, and it's very right. rare that that would happen, automatically stops at age 18, mm-hmm. then you'd have to go to court to get it annulled. Maître Linda, where can people reach you? At 514-846-1013. Now you're all riled up. 
Oh, yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> I can never go to sleep. I know. After I, uh, th- I, I know our listeners. We didn't get to all my other questions. No, we did like Next time. No, not terrible. We got a lot of people's uh, questions answered. I'm very happy. Thank you all for your texts, and I'm, I'm glad that we were able to be of some service to you tonight. Thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next on CJAD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.